collarbones. You're listening to Phenalysis, a sci-fi and fantasy TV show podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is Stephanie. In this episode, we are discussing the non-canonical but obvious fact that Cara Danvers and Lena Luthor are in love, clearly. So very obviously. Specifically, we are discussing the Supercorp subtext of episodes 310 through 313 of Supergirl. Yeah, I have to say, I'm sorry we got so behind in discussing these episodes. It's my fault, y'all. I, It's my fault and Lena Luthor's fault, because I, the shoulders, I got faint. I had a s- severe fainting spell for about three weeks, so that's partially why we're so behind schedule. I'd say that Stephanie's lying, but I, I, it's more that, like, that's only partly true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the dress. Can we talk about the first dress? Because that is my favorite of the two. We got we had double Lena Luther shoulder action in this batch of episodes. But I have to say, I think the first dress is my favorite. It was pretty good. I would like to comment, though, that is not the most work-appropriate attire, Lena Luther. I mean, <laughs> you are the boss. You dress the way you want to dress. I do not mean this as a criticism. <laughs> However, it makes me wonder... If there was ulterior motives to wearing that dress. I mean, when she found out that Kara wasn't going to be in the office that day, she did run out of there pretty fast. Exactly! I feel like she's like, you know, I didn't see Kara yesterday, subconsciously, as she's dressing. Maybe today I'll get to see her and I want to be wearing something that really shows off my lovely clavicles. Gotta make it worth it for her (laughs) to show up. (laughs) Exactly. Like, maybe if she sees me, she'll come in the office more frequently. I don't know. I I just, I feel like there might have been, even if it wasn't intentional, there might have been other motivations to Lena's wardrobe choices that day. I mean, she she cares about her wife's (laughs) well-being. And feels like like a a view of her shoulders and and collarbone would do that. And she's not wrong. (laughs) I, I feel like I have to let people know, Stephanie, that at some point there was mention of like cleavage and you were like, wait, oh, oh, I guess that is visible also, which <laughs> amuses me still. <laughs> I have apparently different poles of focus than the majority of people on Tumblr. I'm just like, because <laughs> like the red dress from, from end of season three. I was like, why do people? like this dress and you're like stephanie cleavage there's cleavage like oh (laughs) so there is (laughs) because i think i think the conversation you and i were having was i said something about yeah it's great there's like a triple appeal there and you were like what's the third thing (laughs) little little further down stephanie (laughs) stephanie had not gotten past the collarbone (laughs) i had it i really had it (laughs) Which is adorable. Aw, thanks. (laughs) But yeah, like, as you mentioned, Chris, she booked it out of there really fast when she heard that that Kara was sick and Kara needed her and she didn't know. And oh my gosh, like, I... You have never done that for me, Chris, dear friend. Still never will. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to point out. (laughs) You and I, not married. (laughs) And did you see the shape of the container of the chicken soup? That she brought Kara. <laughs> was it round? It was round. It was a round container of chicken soup. Not square. Not oval. It was circular. A circular container of chicken soup. Obviously, another another presentation of, of her love. But was it wedding soup? <laughs> 
that would have been even more thematically on point. It it sounded like it wasn't, but you make you make a, a compelling argument, Chris, for maybe she should have thought it through to another level. <laughs> in in fanfic going forward, please. <laughs> Wedding soup. <laughs> or is that too on the nose? I don't know. Maybe it is. Mm. <laughs> But but here here she takes the soup to Kara the wedding soup obviously, obviously and never takes her coat off. I know it's like she got shy or something, or maybe she was just like, oh, Kara, I guess clearly is sick, kind of delusional even. She can't handle the shoulders. I just would knock her out. <laughs> she's, she's delirious already. This is too. You're right. It's too risky. It would be too much, I think, for her. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it would be too much for me. <laughs> As you've as you've stated, three yes. weeks, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more like four, but but okay. <laughs> well, I was late watching three ten, so ah, uh, the truth comes out. So clearly, the fact that she never took her jacket off is why we get the other dress in three thirteen, three twelve. Pardon me, three twelve. Yes, no, absolutely. She's like, you know, Kara wasn't prepared then. Maybe she's ready now. Let's unleash the shoulder. <laughs> and she couldn't wear the one from before, because HR probably talked to her about it already. <laughs> well, and Lena Luther clearly has a closet of just coats, so it's not like she was hurting for dresses. She probably has at least two closets of just dresses. A whole off-the-shoulder section. I do have to say, though, Chris, it is a little puzzling how Lena managed to not notice that Kara, her wife, was in a coma for a couple of days, presumably at the DEO that whole time. And and I'm kind of wondering, like, what you think they might have done to cover for that? Or is it possible? Here's a possibility. I'm going to throw it out there. I myself am very nearsighted. And sometimes if I don't have my glasses on, I miss when my partner is sitting on the couch. Do we think it was that type of situation? Really? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Okay, then. I have another thought. It has to also do with her vision. Okay, so you know how some people can't... (laughs) You know how some people have trouble driving at nighttime because of the lights of the cars that are passing by? Okay. (laughs) What if... Because Kara, literal sunshine, what if at night... (laughs) That is not what literal means, but okay. I know. Kara, figurative sunshine. What if at night <laughs> Lena has, you know, figurative difficulty seeing her? <laughs> Wait, figurative difficulty or literal difficulty? <laughs> and I feel like this is my other possibility. I oh, feel no. like at least. <laughs> I, I, thought like were, at least I thought that was the last one. Wishful I thinking. didn't say that. <laughs> I feel like this one is more plausible, Chris. Okay, so this one. I feel like maybe, you know, because Alex would have had Kara's phone on her and Leah's texting her like, Kara, where are you? Dinner's ready. Not that she cooks, but you know. And Alex texts back like, oh, Alex got really drunk. I need to babysit her so she doesn't drunk dial Maggie. Like that one, I feel like maybe could have covered her for a night, especially if they if she sent like text messages with lots of heart emojis, you know? Okay. Or I was going to say maybe... Lena then would be thinking, hmm, it's weird. These texts don't quite sound like Kara. So then later, when she finds out that Kara is sick, she's like, oh, that's yes. why. She wasn't feeling well enough to have it as emoji-laden as she would otherwise. 
Well, and I feel like that would lead very nicely into Lena not realizing that Kara was sick because she had been spending the night at Alex's maybe for a couple of nights because Alex required babysitting or, or company because she was having a, a sadness about her, her ex-fiance. She needed Supergirl to hold her in her strong arms. I get it, Alex. <laughs> so those are my thoughts on... <laughs> Why Lena didn't realize that Kara wasn't in their shared home, obviously, because they are married for two uh -huh. days. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Your perfectly <laughs> rational thoughts. What are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> I'm still... I feel like Lena Luther might be secretly very nearsighted. I think this might be a thing. Okay. <laughs> Fine, Chris. Don't okay. validate me. <laughs> no, I'm just imagining all the future episodes where you're going to be like, this is because she's nearsighted. <laughs> Okay. So I gotta say, episode 312, it had really just some of my very favorite things in it. It had Kara being protective of Lena. You know, we had that great scene where she caught the keys that Edge threw, and she does the protective stance. I feel like it can't be a Lena Luthor-centric episode of Supergirl unless Kara Danvers does a protective stance at some point. It's true. And you're like, Kara, you're not in your uniform. <laughs> People are going to figure it out. They probably already know, but come on. <laughs> mm -hmm. There was a lot of casual usage of powers when she was not dressed as Supergirl in this episode. But it's, true. it's okay. It's true. I mean, understandable. Her, her wife is in danger. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is what motivates Kara to risk her identity is when the woman she loves is in danger or being threatened. Maybe that's why she was so insistent about, or so mad when she caught the keys. Because, like, how dare you throw keys on a key ring, which is a round object. How dare you throw a round object at my wife? <laughs> <laughs> that is our symbol. It is a symbol of love, and you are turning it into a symbol of anger. I'm very upset with you. <laughs> exactly. How dare you? Mm-hmm. But we also had Kara, like, motivating Lena to be her own hero and be clever. And, and of course, you know, Lena and Lillian confronting each other. I always love that. And it also had another one of my favorite things pretty much anywhere, but I do it also really like it in Supergirl. Very bad attempts at going undercover. <laughs> <laughs> Already? Just transparent transparently just not good attempts at going undercover. I mean, you know, it's like on Orphan Black when Sarah has on her hoodie and suddenly she's just invisible to everybody. <laughs> but Cara Danvers like, is professionally crafty. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I love their great plan to sneak Lena Luther, well-known Lena Luther, into this party with apparently one security guy. Is Cara, <laughs> distract that one guy and I will slip off kind of to the right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she just, like, took down this bodyguard twice her size with one, with one whack, but nobody, nobody batted an eyelash. Whatever. There wasn't any backup security guard. Like, I will say, as far as guarding the door, they did not do a very good job at all. No, it's true. I loved so very, very much that scene where they're walking in and, and Lena's like, kind of like, oh, darn, I forgot that they are clearly going to have bodyguards here and... Kara's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm I'm professionally crafty. And she does that that sort of weird, hilarious gesture and facial expression. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole the whole thing just makes me smile. And then Lena looks at her so fondly. And then fondly? As she's walking Is away. That the word you're like, using? Is is fondly no, no, wait, wait, the word you're wait, using, Chris? Wait. 
She looks at her fondly, and then Kara starts to walk away, and then I'm just kind of like, Lena looks so aroused right now. <laughs> that that look escalates quickly. <laughs> it sure does. Apparently, it turns Lena on when Kara is a uh, <laughs> professionally crafty, <laughs> professionally crafty, goofy but confident. I don't. <laughs> I get it, Lena. <laughs> But you know who else had their actually attempt at going undercover wasn't as terrible. But you know who else had an undercover date on this series? Alex and Maggie also got dressed up in fancy dresses and went on an undercover date together. This is true. So, I mean, Kara and, and Lena already married, clearly. But if they weren't already married on the show, one might look at that and say potential foreshadowing. But... Maybe to a happier ending than Alex and Maggie. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are you sure you want to make this parallel? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I think I hurt myself stretching. Let, let me just let me just bend back the other direction. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Lena Luther clearly is very nearsighted. <laughs> You're not projecting at all. <laughs> Perfectly normal for her not to just not see Kara around their home for two days. <laughs> Because she's not wearing her glasses or contacts. You know, Lena's probably got a big apartment where Kara lives now also, because they're married. Sometimes I don't see my partner when she's sitting on the couch and I'm wearing my glasses. I don't know. I just, apparently I'm terrible <laughs> at spotting still things sometimes. <laughs> my dad is the same way. He will occasionally walk past me like two or three times before he sees me. See? This is a completely reasonable explanation. <laughs> if you say so, Stephanie. So I don't know if it was just me. It was probably just me, judging by how this episode is going. <laughs> but when when Alex and Sam showed up at Catco, and it was right before the scene that they went into the office place, whoever's <laughs> office, to to talk about to talk about Sam's illness. Oh, okay. I'm with you now. Yeah, it kind of looked like if if people went on dates at the office, I mean, Lita Luther might go on dates to the office. I feel like this is a possibility. But if people took their dates to their office, it feels like Cara and Lena were like on an office date and then they caught Sam and Alex on an office date and like, oh, this is awkward. My sister is dating your employee. And Alex is like, oh, this is awkward. I'm dating my sister's wife's employee. And they caught us. I don't know if that had that vibe to you, but it kind of had that vibe to me. And then they decided to just make it a double date, an office double date. It's like each couple gets a couch. We'll have a table in between us. It'll be fine. Not weird at all. <laughs> and we'll talk about one of our potential serious illnesses. It's fine. <laughs> Well, we're all here. The walls are all made of glass. That's a little awkward, but, you know, <laughs> you work with what you got. Seriously, they're so flirty. They both have such, like, wifey, couple interactions with each other in this episode. All, all four of them mm -hmm. in their respective couples. They're very... <laughs> Thank you for adding that. It got weird for a second. You're welcome. <laughs> it's only a matter of time before somebody writes that fanfic, though. <laughs> it, I feel like it's already... Somebody's working on it already. Probably. This is the episode with the lollipop, right? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Which is a round thing. <laughs> it is. Alex might have been proposing. We do know Alex likes to move fast. <laughs> but something I appreciated from multiple episodes in this little run is I feel like we saw 
Kara and Lena and Alex, this just assertive, you will let me help you accept my friendship and love and things will be better. I appreciate the 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 efforts from all of all of them in that regard. It feels like they were just all trying to really assertively take care of each other, even though maybe somebody was a little reluctant to accept it initially. That's just something I like about this show generally. Assertive friendship. As being assertively supportive. That's kind of Kara's deal. But yeah, I feel like when I wasn't really paying attention, uh, this show sort of morphed into like two gay couples trying to parent a child together. <laughs> Ever since that picture got posted, I can't remember, was it was it Kyler Lee who posted it? The double engagement photo? Yes, there's that double engagement photo that it turns out is from episode 312. Uh-huh. And they just, they look so coupley. They do. And I love everything about that photo. <laughs> they look so coupley in that photo. They looked so coupley in, in both the scene in Lena's office, James's office. I don't know who the heck's office that is. Lena's in there. I guess it's James's office. And It's Kat's office. It's always going to be Cat's office. <laughs> that's fair. But I'm there for it. If if that's what the show is going to be, it's going to be Kara and Lena and Alex and Sam all trying to to parent Ruby as a unit while Sam is going through some stuff. I mean, it certainly seems like we're headed that way and uh I'm I'm good with it. Yeah. Our our coworker did actually comment to me about I can't believe Lena's so maternal. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, she kind of is." I feel like we got a lot of Lena being a good friend and a good boss in these these last few episodes. Like, I've appreciated the scenes between her and Sam a lot. Those have been really good scenes. It, which, again, it, it reminds me, it takes me back to the beginning of season three when Kara makes that comment about Lena being a good boss today. And Lena just gets so, like, pleased and flustered. I'm like, Lena, you are clearly a pretty good boss. But when Kara tells her she did a good job, just just all a flutter and, and so so pleased and tickled that... Kara noticed. Kara particularly noticed that she was a good boss. I mean, flattery from your your spouse is nice. And that's what I love between the two of them is just the how much they clearly like each other. You know, like Lena, she just strolls into their little meeting that they're having between James and, and the reporters. And just right off the bat, Lena's throwing compliment, compliments at Kara, calling her an ace reporter. Like, Kara just stands there. And Lena's like, See my wife? She's great. Isn't she great, everybody? Yes, she is great, Lena. And you're great, too. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're great together. Uh, yes, the expression on Kara's face when Lena walks into the room, like, she just is, she seems relieved slash pleased that Lena is, has arrived. Like, it, it's a great look that they give each other. I mean, wouldn't you look that same way if Lena walked into a room? Yes, this room was Lena Lutherless. Now it has Lena Luther. This room has clearly been improved. This is a completely reasonable response. And then I feel like later in the episode we have the counterpart that that Kara does, where Lena shows up and Kara is immediately concerned that that Lena is okay. Lena walks out of that elevator, and it's not a second before Kara is right beside her, like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> and I appreciate. <laughs> That Kara is is so concerned about, you know, checking in with her spouse, making sure her spouse is doing all right when she's going through a tough time. Again, aggressively supportive. <laughs> yes, I love the supportive relationship between these two. It's amazing. You just don't see that between many couples, it feels like. They don't emphasize the supportiveness of a relationship between romantic partners, but I'm so glad we're seeing it here. It's true. It's true. 
And I felt so bad for Kara. She was clearly so upset and worried when when Lena was poisoned. Like, she was so worried at the DEO. I just, I really wanted to be able to reach through and give her a hug. Yes, me too. But I mean, Alex was there. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I also appreciated their little, like, you did it. No, you did it. Like, oh, you both did it. And it was, you know, very significant that that Kara risked revealing her her personal identity to, you know, potentially her, her not wife just who Lena. knew about it already. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say not 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 just Lena, but potentially, you know, somebody could have seen her, and and that was that was a risk that she took for the person that she loves, and I think that's very endearing and sweet. And I'm glad that. They had that scene of Jean talking to Kara about it and basically being also super supportive of that. I did think it was a little bit odd that we were getting that whole hope speech from him. And then I recently rewatched the last three episodes, just like one after the other. And then it's kind of like, oh, I think that's why we got that scene in 312, because it's emphasized so much with... Kara in relation to Alex in episode 313. Yeah, that's a good point. Because yeah, just watching 312 by itself, it's just like, I don't know that she needed this speech right now, but okay. (laughs) I will always take a speech about how important hope is, for sure. But I was kind of like, this seems a little out of nowhere, but okay. (laughs) I really wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it that much as a time, mostly because I was so happy to see Jean in like space dad mode. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just soaking this up. I love this. Oh, but I think you I think you make a good point. It didn't particularly pertain to that situation with with Lena, but yeah, it does definitely lead into the not the conflict, but the storyline with Kara and and Alex in 313. I mean, it's a little bit of a conflict. To let you know what's going on on our other podcasts, we recently released an episode of our Lost Girl podcast, Drinks at the Doll. Our friend Sally joined us to discuss the season three premiere of Lost Girl, Caged Fae. I know that that episode is a favorite for a lot of Lost Girl fans, particularly people who ship Bo and Lauren. So I feel like I should say that it is a critical discussion of that episode because there are elements of that episode that I think are worthy of critique. However, it's still a fun discussion. We make a lot of jokes and are very silly. And Chris makes an excellent pun. It's worth listening to the episode just to get to that part. So go check that out. You can find that over on our website, drinksatthedoll.com. We are also always available over on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music as well. Since you brought up Jean, speaking of other parental figures... But we also got the return of Lillian Luther, who has just become a villain that I I just don't really want. I don't really want her defeated permanently. Anyway, I want her to stick around because I just think the scenes between Lena and Lillian are just so good. I always into them whenever we get them. Yeah, and I'm curious where they're going with it if they're going somewhere with it. I'm not entirely sure they are, but right. they had an almost playful parting of ways at the end of that episode, which is really strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like in context, it, it's really strange, but because it feels like there's kind of a, a weird respect formed there now. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't tell if it's Lillian has kind of been like, okay, you know, my daughter's here to play now. <laughs> Or if it's just Brenda Strong being like, 
I like you, Katie McGraw. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Did you notice she she sort of like gave her little a little arm tickle on her way out? Uh huh. I did notice. It's like that. it's so cute, but it's so weird. <laughs> it did feel though like they had something of a progression in their relationship. You know, Lena even thanked her for reminding her of qualities that she has that she should use more. Right? You know that she doesn't have to associate as always being bad. Mm-hmm. But I love that scene between the two of them at, at the warehouse. There's always just this great push and pull between the two of them with Lena being clearly hurt but defiant and Lillian just poking at all the soft places that she knows can really get Lena upset and and doubting herself. And I mean, Lillian's being terrible. <laughs> it, it, I don't enjoy Lillian being kind of a terrible person to Lita Luther, But at the same time, it's really, I think those two actors work together really well. And it's interesting to watch. Yeah, Lillian's kind of a Darth Vader, isn't she? Lena, come to the dark side. <laughs> but I was like, so happy. I'm always so happy with how often Lena is really direct with Kara. Mm-hmm. She didn't tell her about confronting Edge for a while. But... I but she it. did. She, yes, she told Kara about it. She told Kara about her mother immediately. You know, she asked Kara for help. I feel like this this is a good step for Lena and really doubling down on that trust that she's formed with with Kara. It's true. And, and sort of in, I don't know, or a, as a counterpoint to Medusa in season two, right? Where Lena plays into stuff and doesn't tell anybody she's going to do it. Right. <laughs> and. Then we've got this where she's kind of like, Kara, I need your help to pull off my brilliant plan. Now, I have to ask you, Chris, what is your interpretation of Lena's reaction to finding out Monel is, is alive? Because I felt like there was some there was some stuff going on for Lena with that revelation. And... I feel like it maybe hasn't been 100% resolved. It certainly, to me, did not feel resolved in that episode. So did you have thoughts on that? Well, I mean, she seemed confused, for one thing, because how is it that he can be there? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also, I think there's the concern of, like, does Kara know that you're back? Even though Kara was clearly standing there right next to him. So she knew. (laughs) I forget in our version sometimes if they're married, but Lena still doesn't know that she's Supergirl. <laughs> I I feel like what we decided on was that she does know. She has to know, obviously. But maybe doesn't mention that she does know in case they're being overheard. Mm, okay. Right? I don't know. Thank you for the clarification. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the only logical explanation. <laughs> so I'm wondering if... Lena's feeling hurt that her wife did not tell her about Monel sooner, or I mean that would be valid. Yes, if she feels threatened by Monel being back, she certainly seemed disappointed that he seemed to be able to breathe the air. <laughs> he and the, she and I Lily mean, and both. <laughs> I was going to say I am also disappointed that he's back. So you know, I understand, Lena. I get it. But yeah, to me, it felt like there was there was unresolved stuff. With Lena, she seemed to run away pretty quickly after she, again, very directly, thank you, Lena, I love you, told Kara, I want you to know that Monel is back. And Kara told her, yeah, I know, it's complicated. She's, Lena seemed hurt that Kara maybe hadn't told her sooner. Because why wouldn't she have? 
I think that's fair. Especially after the whole, you know, Kara and her deal with Toby things I want to help you. Why won't Kara do the same? Lena spent this whole episode being so upfront with Kara. It just, it made me so happy. I know. I agree. I was into it. Yeah, maybe there's like a couple unresolved things on that episode. Maybe this one is is less unresolved, but they do have, they have like a, a little bit of a spat earlier in that episode where Kara says to, to Lena, you know, Lena, you're not a killer. And Lena says, you know, maybe you don't know me or something like that to Kara. And that felt, that felt harsh. And they don't really come back to that. So, but maybe Kara was able to like move on because Lena was upset. But I don't know. It does feel like this thing about Monel, maybe Lena might have been a little hurt and she hasn't said anything yet. If she is hurt, I hope she does say something. We'll see. I am curious how that's going to play out through the rest of the season, if it will. Maybe Lena will meet Imra at some point and find out about the whole time travel situation. And they'll reveal to her that Elcorp is actually the source of the cure for the lead poisoning. I do also want to want to say something about this group of episodes that I really appreciated was how very lady-centric they were. There were so many female characters in like Fort Ross and uh, For Good and 313, which was uh, both sides now. Yeah, the Monel and Jean and Wynn had a pretty strong subplot in both sides now, but... There were so many scenes with just women in them in that episode, which was great. And then, of course, in both For Good and Fort Ross, so many scenes with just women in them. It was it was good times. I do also have to mention, just because I feel like uh, people would notice it, and I don't know, I feel a need to comment on it. There was so much close talking in Fort Ross. <gasps> I loved the close talking, Chris. Ugh. <laughs> 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 oh. See, I I am not one to really ship antagonistic characters, but I do enjoy it when there is intense, fraught, close talking between the two of them. I'm like, I don't want you to actually kiss, I don't think, but I do want you to talk intensely very near each other. Just just keep doing that. I love it. (laughs) And like everybody was doing it all the time in that episode. I know. I know. <laughs> there was there was close talking and intense eye contact. And I'm just kind of like, what is happening here? <laughs> Amazing things were happening, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like this this batch of episodes really just showcased so many things that I love about Cara Danvers. Cara Danvers is great. She really is. I love Cara Danvers just really believing in everybody who's around her. It's like if you come into contact with her and Cara Danvers is like, yes, you are a good human being. She just, she believes in you so hard. She is a beacon of hope. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, her past is so sad and she deals with still so much sadness. She has hope and belief in people. And I just, she's such a great person. I love Cara so much. She is a beacon of hope and it is so swoon-inducing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've and I've been really pleased to have some more Kara and Alex stuff together this season. That's that's been nice. Yes, I have I have some mixed feelings about three thirteen, but uh, I do appreciate the end scene, if nothing else. Do you want to talk about your mis- mixed feelings, or do you just want to leave it? At I just that? want to leave it at that. This is a this is a happy space where we talk about collarbones and how swoonworthy. Cara Danvers is. Both Cara Danvers and Lena Luther, very swoon worthy. 
I'm glad that they love each other so much. So I feel like it's been a minute since we recommended some Supercorp fanfic that we've read recently and enjoyed. Chris, did you have any that you wanted to mention? I mean, I'm keeping up with the ongoing stories that we've talked about already. In other stories that I have started, but I haven't, uh, haven't quite caught up to where they are yet, there's As Luck Would Have It by Spaceman Earth Girl, which is a, a fun one. I think there are five chapters now. And I think I've read four of them, maybe. It is set up like a fake dating fic, but the fake dating is only like the beginning of the first chapter. But it's pretty enjoyable. It's sort of used as a way for them to have a meet-cute. It's it's sweet and charming and fluffy, and it makes me happy. And then I've also started reading The Luther Legacy by TB80, TB80, which is a story about... Okay, so in season two... There's that setup with Rhea where her plan is to create an heir using Lena Luther and Monel. And so it's sort of like, what if there was an actual baby that Rhea made and then Monel returns to basically dump the baby with Kara <laughs> for its own safety to give to Lena, maybe? But then there's sort of this whole, okay, how do we approach this because poor Lita is completely caught off guard. Kara, of course, also caught off guard, but she's Kara, so she's like, of course I'm going to take care of this tiny, tiny baby. Who is like me. Yes. Sent away for her own good. It's It's been pretty sweet so far. A little angsty, as one might expect. Yeah, I have a couple that I wanted to mention, one of which is complete or recently completed, the other which is an ongoing one. The complete one is called Lost and parentheses, almost found. It is by Jasford Shire. And I was drawn to it because of its kind of cheeky premise. It is a Kara without powers fanfic, which I don't actually read all that many of. But the the premise was that Kara and Lena, like they hook up at a club and then they get separated before they can introduce each other properly. And then the next time that they see each other, Kara is moving in next to Lena and they're in the same apartment building. But Lena doesn't recognize her because Kara has her glasses and a ponytail. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So the fanfic plays out kind of like the latter part of You've Got Mail, where like Kara knows who Lena is, but it's like hurt that Lena doesn't recognize her. Like it goes on too long for Kara to say like, hey, remember me? And so she just makes an effort to like win Lena over, even if Lena doesn't remember her. And uh, it's kind of a rewriting of season two, though not near as detailed as Lynn Arlington is doing over at My Youth Is Yours. This is only three chapters. It's a fairly short fanfic. But it was quite fun. I enjoyed it. It's pretty smutty, just as a warning. But <laughs> <laughs> but I got to one part of the fanfic, because again, this is a retelling of season two, and they're talking about, you know, the brunch plans that they made. And here's what this th- what this fanfic said. It says, on Saturday, Kara knocks on her door unexpectedly and drags her from the safety of her apartment and out to brunch. Brunch! Simultaneously, the gayest and most coupliest meal and cu- most coupley, excuse me, meal in existence. And I was like, oh, validation, thank you. But also, <laughs> do you listen to our podcast? <laughs> that is pretty much word for word what you said about brunch, yes. 
It is. It is. So Jasper Shire, if you're listening, I enjoyed your fanfic. And yeah, I agree. Brunch simultaneously, the gayest and most coupley meal in existence. So that's the one that is complete. It's not that long. It's very fun and cute. And then the other one that is ongoing is by Seabiscuit. And it is called Do You Wanna? Parentheses, like I know you do. I don't know why these both have parentheses in the titles, but they do. It's a thing, And, and this one, I gotta say, the, the summary on... Um, AO3 did not exactly pull me in, but I started reading for some reason, and I quite liked it. The way that the, the, the writer's referring to it on Tumblr is Lesbian Beach House AU. A basic premise of this story is that Lena Luther is in graduate school, and she meets her cute yoga instructor, Cara Danvers, and they kind of think maybe they might go on a date or something. But Lillian has been acting strangely, and so Lena goes out to where Lillian has been staying at their family beach house, only to find that her yoga instructor, Kara, is there. And Kara ended up there because her mother, Eliza, was staying at the beach house as well and was also acting a little strangely. So it's a lot of people who have feelings for each other in close quarters type of stuff so far. And there's also been some really good relationship stuff between Lena and Lillian, especially in the fourth chapter, which is the last one that is released as of this recording. I thought there was some really good scenes between the two of those characters. It had an unexpectedly sad effect on Chris. The first few chapters weren't particularly sad to me, though I feel like it could get sadder. But I'm really liking it so far. I, I like the I like the concept of the characters in this one a whole lot. I, I do like it quite a lot, but yeah, as you said. It's It's got a lot of talk about grief in there, which is like a weird, sensitive spot for me. <laughs> so it made me cry kind of a lot, but uh, not necessarily in a bad way. <laughs> we will put links to all of these stories over on our website, askgenretv.com. You can find them in the show notes for this episode, as well as links to the ongoing stories as well as links to the ongoing stories that we've mentioned previously. I think at this point, the only ongoing ones we have left are Stay the Night and My Youth is Yours, both by the fantastic Lynn Arlington. So again, you can find links to all these over at our website, askgenretv.com, in the show notes for this episode. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for talking to me about the lovely Lena Luther and Cara Danvers and their supportive and wonderful relationship that they have with each other. Thank you for coming out of your coma <laughs> so you could watch the rest of the episodes and talk to me it about it. It was them. a real struggle. It was a real struggle. I might be down for another couple days after this just talking about it. We'll see. And I mean, you just watched 313, I assume. Uh, it's true. So you've just been re-exposed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm amazed you're, you're even conscious it's, right it's now. It's been, been very touch and go the past half hour, I must say. If you're not already, please follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at AskGenreTV to learn about the other things that we're talking about on this ridiculous podcast of ours, which is a bit of a smorgasbord of various things. Phenalysis is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To hear our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Lost Girl and Killjoys and some other shows, go visit our website, AskGenreTV.com. And thank you so much for listening. <laughs>